Hello and welcome to the 10 out of 10 podcast, an AJ on the line series where we discover what it takes to be a champion. Just a quick reminder that you can listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts. Go over there and give it a good review so that others can have a listen. It really does make a big difference. Episode 6 was a thoroughly enjoyable conversation with a friend who loves sport. He's ready for a challenge and is one of the hardest working people that I know. Dave has some great insights with the various challenges that he has conquered. And as we discuss work ethic, I learn a few things and I hope you do too. We begin with Dave telling us about his first sport. A sport which I can confirm having played him, he is still very good at. We talk about his competitive drive, the importance of enjoying yourself and why you can still be a champion without lifting famous trophies. So, do you want to just give us a bit of background on your, your sporting history? My sporting history? Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, so basically my, my, my sporting history would have started at the age of 14 um, where I picked up a tennis racket for the first time. At school, um, went to have a little knock around with a mate of mine, got the passion for it within probably half an hour. Did your friend already play? Yes, my friend was already playing at a, at a, at a, lo- at a local club, so I basically thought, I'm going to join the club, I'm going st- I'm to I'm start playing, see where, it, you know, see where it goes, yep. just for a bit of fun to begin with. But it very quickly got to the stage where I was okay at it, and then of course my, my mind being what my mind is, thought... I, I can I can be better at this. I can improve. I can move up to county level, all that kind of thing. You're a competitor. Yeah, absolutely. Always always have been. You were before you played tennis. I don't know whether you remember, but I'm a I'm I'm a twin. So the the competitive yeah. edge has come from that. Yes. Probably in the womb, to be honest. <laughs> but my brother is not competitive at all. So I, oh, okay. I think I've got the good gene. You know, when it comes to. The competitive edge. That's it. As long as you channel that competitiveness in the right way, then yeah. it can be a really powerful thing. Yeah. Which, an important thing there is, it, it, you can't do, you can't do a lot of it on your own. You need, you need to get help with, you know, coaching people at your local clubs. There's always somebody there to, ha- you know, to, to help you improve and get better. Because I couldn't have, I couldn't have learned how to play tennis better and better on my own. So you've obviously got to give thanks to. Yes, all course. the people that certainly that have helped me become, become Wimbledon champion. Oh no, I'm not Wimbledon champion. <laughs> yeah. So, so you you say you you started thinking quite quickly about the next steps to yeah. getting even better. Yeah. And that driving force came from your competitiveness. You you got to county level, right? Yeah. I I, I played for. I was, as I say, I just I went into it just for a bit of fun at the beginning. Yeah. Played social tennis, enjoyed it. But then started to get those those feelings of I want I want to play competitive tennis and I want to get into the teams and so I started working my way through you know the E team D team C team B team yeah um, so within two or three years I was playing A team tennis travelling around the country you know playing tournaments and I'm imagining that was quite enjoyable doing yeah. that I'd go with the team I I I'd also go and play singles tournaments I travel around the country and play singles tournaments on my own. Out of interest, did you prefer singles or doubles? I preferred doubles, which is, which is probably hard to believe because I normally, as we'll get on to in a bit, my sporting life tends to be things that I do on my own. But as regards my tennis, I was happier and better playing men's doubles. And then got through to, finally got my chance for the county. And I started playing county tennis. I think that was 
probably a, probably a couple of years, two or three years, and then I'm going to stay with the tennis. And then I just I decided to, I decided to move on to to something else. And what what age was that? I was probably nineteen or twenty. Done what you wanted to do there, and you, you wanted a new challenge. I wasn't really getting up to the next level because it, that would have involved me probably going away to an academy, you know, various things like that. I didn't want to do that at that stage. I was I was obviously working, but the passion was in me to go and do something else. That passion for competition. Yeah, you know, tennis is. A, I suppose it's like other sports, but it's a funny one. When you do play singles, you you are ultra competitive with yourself, and when you don't perform, it's upsetting. I think that that's a really important thing though. You, you've got that work ethic to keep on pushing to the next level, but you need to be enjoying it. If you're not enjoying it, then you seek other challenges. Is that, is yeah, that more or less think, how you see it? I think that's the same in life anyway. Just, if you find something you enjoy, just carry on doing it. Some people do it all their lives. Some people do it for six months and get bored. In fact, most people do it for six months and get bored. But I was never like that. I was always, whatever I do, I do 100% and I try and get as best I can at it, and then generally go and try, you know, go and try something else. And that's been a theme really all throughout my life. It's almost like you're just ticking boxes off. You're summiting one mountain yeah. and then moving on to the next. Yeah. And I think you mentioned the word champion. It's obviously, ultimately, a champion doesn't need to be an Olympic champion. It can be at different levels. But in my mind, I felt that I was a champion at tennis and I was only at a low level. I think, uh, yeah, that, that's the important thing because we are all, we're all in our own journey. If you're happy with where you've got to, then you've succeeded. Yeah. There's no defined point where, where you get past a certain line and that's what yeah. makes you a champion. Yes, there are titles for, for the, the, the very tough athletes, yeah. but that, that doesn't mean that other people aren't champions. And I've written about certain Formula One drivers who aren't yet champions, but yeah. they've still got that champion's mindset. And that, that's what we're really discussing here. It's having that mindset to, to take it to the next level if you wanted to. A natural ability as well is, is if, you've, if you've got a natural ability at whatever you do, yes. it's going to be a lot easier for you to move up the levels than you know, having, to, having, to, having to start at the bottom and spend years and years and years trying to get a little bit better, which is fine. I've struggled with people over the years regarding the amount of effort that goes into things because I, I think that everybody should be like me. And they're not. So I have had times where I've been, why aren't, you know, you're a good player. Why aren't you putting the effort into... Um... It's frustrating from your perspective yes. because if you had their position, then you would be doing something completely different. Yes. And that's why it's frustrating when you see, you see top athletes that are wasting their potential. Yes. They've got so far, but they've not taken it to the level that you yeah. think that you would. I yeah. think someone that's come up on this podcast before... I think is taking that extra step now, but it's hard to see during coronavirus. Is Nick Kyrgios, uh, like like going to the pub <laughs> just before a Wimbledon match? Not not necessarily the way that I would prepare for a, a game, but it, it also relaxes him. So it, it's it's kind of hard. He has got more potential than he's showing, you know, most definitely. Now, whether the fact that he didn't go to the pub before a game would make him a better player, no one knows. We've spoken before about Nick Kyrgios and enjoying himself. I find it interesting how Dave feels his competitiveness comes from having been a twin. I think what he said about being a champion in your mind is also important too. We're not all going to be Roger Federer, but we can all feel a sense of accomplishment. 
So perspective is important. Dave then talks about his next challenge, the London Marathon. The way that he just set the goal and achieved it in quick succession still astounds me. Listen to Dave's experience as he took on one of humanity's greatest challenges. I almost view it as when it's game time, you've got to enjoy the moment, whereas if it's training, that's when you, you put in most of your hard work. As we go on to talk about what, I, what else I'm uh, you know, sporting-wise, sure, that, sure. that is a very good point. Um, yeah, so basically finished tennis, was looking for the next you know, thing to keep me fit, you know, motivate me, um, and then just decided one night that I was just going to go out for a little, a little one or two mile run. I thought, this is okay, I you know, can, can enjoy this. Within two, three, within two or three years, I was running the London Marathon. It's so crazy. Within those two years, all, all the amount of training I did was ridiculous. The mind was was then focused on on that as my as my next thing. What I find interesting about running is it is very much you, most people I speak to about it, it. It began with just a spur of the moment sort yeah. of thing, yeah. a bit like Forrest Gump. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good analogy, Forrest Gump. You just keep. Just keep, just keep going, keep running. I started running just because I really wanted to go out and do some exercise, but I'd broken my arm so I couldn't play tennis. And then I really enjoyed it. Then that went on to be an advantage that I could have on the tennis court, the fact that I could last longer in a match than my yeah. opponent because I'm a, I'm a runner as well. Every sport gives you, gives, you, gives you a fitness that you can use in other, other things in life. So, you know, my tennis fitness was not a massive help with running, but, but the running was, you know, my aerobic acti activity, if you like, yes. for one better word, was just off the, you know, off the scale in the end, you know, and I would go out, rain, you know, shine, minus five. How did you have the motivation to keep going in those really unlikable <laughs> conditions? I think the mindset is, I'm going to do this, I'm not going to stop until I've finished. So you're, you're completely focused on yeah. that finish line of, you are yeah. going to run the London Marathon. Just to say that you that you finished, and to have the motivation to get through it through the difficult times, and, and I think that's that's the ultimate thing that I've that I've ever done. It's a, it's another mountain that you... yeah, and it was a mountain. It was it, it wasn't a hill. It was a it, it was a mountain. Which I remember. I'm sure everybody that's, everybody that's done a marathon will you know will know the feeling. It's yeah. euphoria, and then it's, you go down and you're up and you're down. All in the head. All in the head, and the yeah. mind just gets you through. And I I know that it it was undulating the experience <laughs> yeah. uh, it, on the actual day of doing the marathon but did, did you make sure to enjoy the moment or were you more focused on getting the job done that's a very good point because i i felt on the day that i was i was very nervous i, I had a lot of nervous energy on the on the start line you're all you know you, you're tense you're excited you want to get going and then all that nervous energy it actually takes energy away from you. So, you know, when you're into the course, when those, when those, those hard times hit, they're, they're even harder to get through because you're, oh, I just, I can't do this. Or, but I didn't have any, I can honestly say that I didn't have any times during the marathon where I wanted to quit. No. I was, I was absolutely going to finish even if I had to crawl over the line. And I suppose that came from you putting in the hard miles yeah. earlier on. Yeah, it's 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 not something in in any sport. You can't just you you can't just go in and be really good at something. You, yeah. It just doesn't happen unless you're, you know, like like we've talked about. Unless you're a Charles Leclerc or you're a Lewis Hamilton, that 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 God given talent. Yes. 
is 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 just there with some people. They they have to work you less. And those are the people that you hate to see not putting that potential yeah, yeah. to fruition. Yeah, because when you're given a chance by a big sporting team, some organisation gives you gives you a chance to perform for them, yes. and you don't perform. There's obviously a reason behind that. Now, whatever that reason is, which which I know these days, there's a lot of there's a lot of psychologists in sport. It's it's, it's, it's got you know. Huge that side of things with the with the diet and the psychologists and how can we you know how can we make you you know me run five minutes quicker how can we make the car go quicker incrementally it might be a thousandth of a second but that could be between winning and losing. I hope that this inspires you to get out for a run or a walk. It did me. Having a good work ethic is clearly a mentality. Next, Dave and I discuss just this topic, the mental side of sport. What do you think about the phrase, you create your own luck? I think in some, some, some sports, I would agree. Other sports, is all about hard, it's all about hard work. If you, if, if you have those times where you know, things do go well for you, then that's great. But equally, you're going to have times when, when things don't go well for you. So, I'm not really an advocate of, of you have to make your own luck. If it comes, you take it. But you don't rely on that to be, no. you know, to get the job done. You have to do the hard work. I, mean, I suppose it's, once again, very much a mental thing about if things go your way or things don't go your way, you need to continue working yeah. in the way that you are, but also analyse the way that you did it last time out and look about how, how, how you're going to be better next time yeah. you're training, next time you're in a match or a competition or a marathon. I'm sure that... You look back at the London Marathon and think, yeah, I could, I could have done that better. Yeah. Things like the nervous energy. Did you listen to music beforehand, for example? Um, no, I was never, I was never an advocate of. Um, I never ran listening to music. I just, I, I ran. Just to run. I, my own thoughts. I never listened to music. I, I know a lot of people, you know, do listen to music. It never really, it never really motivated me anymore because the motivation was already there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't feel like I needed it. Really, I suppose is the not even beforehand. No, I think when I did it, I there was just so much to take in, so many people, so many things to look at. I can imagine that having a lot of people that you knew around was a positive, but also a negative because yeah. you you felt that extra bit of pressure potentially. I did at the beginning, yeah, because you because you you build it up to be something that it, you you know, it, it might not. You always looked. Well, this might happen, that might happen. And I think where the champions are champions is they can almost, they can almost block those things out. And they, yeah. the positivity is, is so great that you know, they know that at this stage they're going to be doing this and that's the champion mentality. I find it incredible looking at champions about how they're able to select uh, what, what they want to hear and what they're going yeah. to block out. So, for example, at Monza, uh, if... There was a crowd there. They they might be booing Lewis Hamilton, but he he would use that as a positive thing to prove them wrong. Yeah. Whereas Charles Leclerc, he would get cheered, and he would use that as energy to get even better. I I remember when we were at Budapest, watching the Grand Prix. Yes, Lewis Hamilton 
waved at you and pointed at you. And he did mention about the amount of British fans and how that pushed him to get to a higher level. So it shows in your case of how you helped him win the race. Of course, I did send him a message on, uh, on social media afterwards to say that, that exact fact. He wouldn't have caught Max if I wasn't in the... Uh, your own trophy. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, it is incredible how they're able to select what they want to hear. And that once again goes to that psychology. It's the psychology and it's, and it's also the, you know, blocking out the media. Because there's a, obviously there's a fair bit of media negativity when it comes to certainly British, British sports people. Yeah. If you... If you take that to heart, that, that is most definitely going to affect your performance. If you can block it out, or like you, like you just said a minute ago, to use it as motivation, which is, the best, which is obviously the, the best way to do it, isn't it? Because it's the next time you go and perform, you're going to be a tenth quicker, you're going to be four or five minutes quicker on a run. It shouldn't really make a difference, should it? But it does yeah. what, what's going on in your head. And when, whenever I'm in that sort of situation, not that I get people booing me if I'm going out for a run in, in the Birmingham 10K, for example, but you've got to still use the motivation of you having worked hard and, and you having in, improved your time throughout the yeah. months coming up to that and yeah. use that as a, a reason to go and enjoy yourself. I, I was talking to my friend the other day about that Birmingham 10K that I did last year and I was just really enjoying myself. Mm. A lot of people were quite stressed. I, I could tell around. Uh, I, I, had, I did have my music in. I find that that sometimes helps. But I was, I was kind of thinking about the lyrics and almost dancing as I went around. I, I find that sometimes in doing that, you, you find a whole new level that you didn't even realize was there, even when you're absolutely pushing your heart out in training. Yeah. And, the, the training definitely is there for a reason so that you you have that 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 those foundations to go and enjoy yourself when it comes to the big games yeah. and you definitely uh, saw that when it came to the London Marathon yeah. and I think fundamentally is is the is what you said about the the enjoyment if you can enjoy it and do well then that's you know that's a bonus I think a lot of people go into competitive sport and they're they're not quite, you know, they're, they're not quite ready for it. You think, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose this game, or, or, you know, that person's better than me, which means that you're pretty much already, already, already beaten in your own mind anyway before you start. So it is that, that psychology, that psychology of it, and the training, are the two most important things to me. Because the training gives you the confidence yeah. in the first place, because you know that you, you can do it. If on that day that you do do a run or you do go and play tennis and you, and, and you don't perform for some other reason, then that's fine. That's, that happens. And you can learn from it. Yeah. You've, yeah, if you, if you know the reason, then obviously next time you can you know, tweak things and you can you know, do different things, try different things. It's not to be scared to try different things as well. Rather than just you know, plodding along the same, you know, the same way with the same coach, the same tennis rackets, the same... You know, golf clubs. Just try some, try something different. Keep making little adjustments yeah. to find where the performance is, yeah. and um, carry on enjoying it all the way through. Because you, if if you don't enjoy, if you don't enjoy sport or anything in life where you need to be, there's just no point. There's, there's no point in doing it if you don't enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that that was another thing that you mentioned there. I quite like is 
knowing what you did right or wrong yeah. and you take responsibility for that and you you've got to take responsibility for anything that you do because if if you do know what went wrong it's important not to blame other people or point the finger the finger should always be yeah. pointing at you even if something that someone else did was right or wrong it it should still be yeah. You where the buck stops. And we all we all we all know the Mercedes motto. And Lewis is we win as a team, we lose as a team. It's, exactly. it's, that's that's the way that's, that's the way that's the way it should be. You, you start pointing fingers, you become a weaker organisation and a weaker structure. I do like that idea of one hundred percent responsibility. It is your life and you can play your cards how you want. Champions find solutions and don't complain about the problems. Dave now talks about a champion that he looks up to. My, as I, when I've spoken to you about this before, but my, um, not really ultimate hero, but my one sports person that I look up to regarding, you know, work ethic, you know, training would be Chris Froome. I've always watched him as a cyclist and I've watched him through his career. And you cycle yourself as well. Yeah, and I've cycled myself, obviously not to the, not not to the to Tour de France level, level, no, no. Um, but you know, you know, would love to. Yes. Would love to be a champion like Chris Froome. Um, but yeah, he, he he's probably he's probably one of the standout ones for me. That because I because I because I, I followed him through through the years. You you were talking about Michael Schumacher. I've not not necessarily followed Michael Schumacher through the years, but obviously I've, I've I've seen what he's done. You know, for Formula One. Um, but you know. I like you watch any kind of sport, and if I see a if I see a champion, you know we we mentioned uh, Novak Djokovic earlier on. Yeah. Again, you know the work ethic, you know the dominance, which is another good word, because um, Chris Froome wasn't necessarily dominant, but he he could always find something when he's going up a a steep hill. You can always find something above a lot of other cyclists. And you can recognise that even yeah. even if you're not an expert on exactly what he's doing. As a sports fan, we can see that yeah. is, is the competitor yeah. in us recognising it, which I quite like. Yeah. And and he would just find something within... <laughs> Extra. Yeah. yeah. That's what, but that's what champions do. And that will yeah, come from the training, but yeah. it would also come from, from the mindset that... Yeah he will find another level to those around him to get the job done. Yeah, like they almost, they almost go to another, you know, like another state of mind. Like you said, you know, with the running and the listening to music, you almost in, go to another level. In the zone. And only, only champions can do that. I was looking at, at, at getting in that, that mental state of the zone and, and the, the psychologists that look at that, they, they say that very few times do even champions reach that space but it when they do it's it's just heaven on yeah. earth is yeah. is like when a cricketer is in the zone it's like he's trying to hit a beach ball rather than a cricket ball because yeah. it's that much easier it, it would be the same with tennis it just it, it slows everything down and makes it a lot easier yes. in their head yeah. And I think Lewis Hamilton said that he was in the zone after the Spanish Grand Prix. You know, I was just going to say about Lewis, he's, then, he's always had that, hasn't he? That, that sometimes he, he literally has that visual thing that everything is slowing down. 
Senna had that yeah. in the Monaco lap, what was it, 89? Yeah, something. The zone is such an interesting concept. It is rare that you can reach it, but when you do, I can only imagine how incredible it feels. Dave then talks about the things that top sporting champions, like Chris Froome, teach him about how he can go about his life better. We've talked about Chris Froome, Hamilton, Djokovic. What, what sort of things do these sports people teach you about your life in general, your, your sporting life, but also your life in general, yeah. Dave? Um, I think the never give up attitude is probably number one. The, when you have those thoughts that you can't do things, and then you watch these champions and you can do them, you can, everybody can take themselves to their next level. And I've, you know, I've seen, I've seen Djokovic do it, Roger Federer, I've seen Lewis do it on so many occasions. And you, you do get a bit in awe of, of, you know, how, when the pressure is that high, like, for example, Roger Federer, in oh, yeah. a lot of the finals that I've seen, how he can, you know, raise his game when the pressure is that high. And he looks so yeah. serene. Yeah. I'm sure it's not like that under the well, surface. I've got, got a feeling he probably is. I think with, with, with the experience he's got, yes. you know, if, if, if we want to compare him to someone like Nick Kyrgios, who has not got the, the experience, he's still a young, very talented person. He's not got that knowledge yet. The knowledge of how, you know, of how to win when you need to win. And in every sport, you get those people. You, you talk about how experience makes him. Experience makes you as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and who you are. Yeah. I, I've definitely seen, particularly over the past year or so, how you, you've got so much more enjoyment out of what you do. And that, that brings your work ethic yeah. to another level. You, you don't understand how hard it was to get this interview with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> We're yes. almost... Well, you're mad, yes. Yes. Exactly. I mean, your point is correct. It 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 it, it, tran it transposes over from from sporting life to you know work, you know to my work life. As as we just mentioned, I've I've had a had a complete career change, and it's going really well. But the same things that I put into my working life, into my into my sporting life, sorry, I now put into my working life, which is you know the the commitment to do the job properly, hundred percent. You know, get better at what at what you do. I'm sure you can learn from others as well. Yeah, you can learn from other, other people you work with. Be happy. I'm a happier person. And to me, if you can find that, if you can find something like that in life, whether it, whatever you're doing, it just it just makes you a more be rounded, happier individual. And the reality is, you you you're not going to find that place immediately, and you no. you never you. <laughs> And that, that's just the way of life that you, yeah. you, it's going to take some searching, but you will find it. And when you find it, you'll know. It took me f nearly 40 years to find, you know, you know, what I wanted to do. So that's, you could look at, that's an awful lot of training, you know, training in waiting for doing, you know, you, you know, what I, but I learned a lot over the years from a lot of people. I got a lot of people, I'm not going to thank everybody, but I got a lot of people that I need to thank for you know, helping me along the way. Everybody needs help off, off people. You can't, as I said before, you can't do stuff on your own and succeed in life. So, yeah, like you were saying with the coach. You... Yeah, you need help. You, you need, you know, the right people. Again, going back to the champions, they've got to have the right people around them 
you know, getting them the right dietitians, the right psychologists, you know, to be in that place now, you, you have to have a team of like 15 people. And, and the thing is, you're, you, you've got your team as well. Me, myself and I. <laughs> yeah. Finally, we talk about having a good work ethic whilst working in a team and how competitive people think different. We'll take it back to where we kind of began with your tennis doubles. And did you have the same doubles partner fairly frequently? Um, in the county, in the top teams, yeah, I played with, I played with, I played with, 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 with one guy. We had a good, we had a good rapport. Which is obviously again, it's crucial. Mm. Um, worked really well together. Um, and funny enough, he didn't have, he didn't have anywhere near the same work ethic as me. But he was a naturally talented player, so we would win games basically with. You know, one of us that was more talented than the other that didn't really work at it, and myself that was that that, that worked at it that wasn't that wasn't quite as good. So I think the partnership came well from yeah, that. Just, I suppose for me that that would be good, but it would annoy me that it could be even better. I mean, a lot of people frustrated me in my sporting life over there and my work life, but it's negative energy, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. being frustrated with people is negative to. And I think that's where, again, a champion differs. They have very little negative energy around them. Yeah. They have positive energy. There's no, it was your fault, I lost, it was your fault. I suppose a champion would then, instead of getting frustrated and walking away, they, they might think, right, how can I get the best out of this person? Yeah. yeah. How, what, what's going to motivate this person? Because I can see the potential there. It goes back to that Toto Wolf quote of, I, don't know how to make an aerodynamic surface, but I do know everything about the person that does know how to make yeah. that aerodynamic yeah. surface. What I'm finding with doing this whole series is the immense importance of having those people skills because that, yeah. that at the end of the day is where everything root, roots back to. Another example of that is um, uh, Dave, Dale, Dave Brailsford. The head of um, Team Sky. Yes. Um, again, obviously linked to linked to Chris Foom. Very astute, you know, man. Got his got his team working in a in a certain kind of way. You know, he led his team, obviously with a bit with a big lot of help around him. But you can just see you can just see some people, you know, leaders of teams. You can just just see that they've they know exactly what they're doing. They delegate the right things to the right people. Again, you know, Total Wolf, Chris Bailsford, and there's probably hundreds and hundreds of them. So it is, it's crucial to have just to, to have somebody to oversee to oversee everything that that motivates everybody, so that they're bringing their yeah. best work ethic there. And well, obviously, we see that in, you know, I know we're talking about Formula One a lot because that's what that's what we like. It's kind of natural, <laughs> but that's what that's what you see in every, in every Formula One team. You is is they're all trying to be especially Mercedes, they are a unit, you know, together. They all work together. They all bounce off each other. They get the best from each other. And that's, and that's whether there's two people or 20 people, that's how you become a champion. That's maybe also where, where Ferrari have fallen short in recent years. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that they don't work harder than other teams, but that there's something not quite right it's all very well working hard but if you're not working smart or as a team then 
there's, there's no point. It's wasted energy. That's another great word. Yeah, smart. Yeah. You've, got, you've got to have that intelligence as yeah. well as uh, the work ethic because you, you could be pulling as hard as you can on yeah. a rope. It's attached to a tree and it's not yeah. going to move. Yeah. And, and at some point you're going to realise either how can I pull this tree over or why am I pulling this tree? <laughs> what can I... Yeah. You do, I think that comes back to... Like, you know, again, myself and yourself, I know we're, exactly, we're so similar. It's doesn't, scary for you, really. It doesn't matter what. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether you're trying to hammer a nail into a piece, piece of wood. It almost becomes a competitive, a competitive thing to make sure you get that nail in better than the last one. Yeah. And, it, and it is. It, it's probably more than I'd OCD to be, to be honest. But but that's the, that's that's the way we are. Well, cha- champions are obsessed. Yeah, and you need to be. And and that goes back once again. Um, to you enjoy yourself and you're going yeah. to do a great thing in sport, in life. Yeah. And I think that's probably a good place to finish. I've really enjoyed that. Thank you for talking to me. Oh, thank and, you, uh, Dave. Anytime. I've really enjoyed the chat. It's nice, to, it's, it's, it's nice to find somebody that you can chat to about all this kind of stuff. Because, you know, sometimes your friends are they're not necessarily sporty. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 been really, it's been really nice. So that should be the end, but there was a lovely moment that I wanted to share with you where Dave was talking about his love of sport. We're not soppy, we're just passionate. The enjoyment, you know, we've been friends for a long time and, you know, we've been to Grand Prix together, we've done, you know, we've run together. The enjoyment from it is the enjoyment of running with somebody, having a chat, going away for, you know, to Budapest for for a weekend, fantastic weekend. Never mind just going away, having a good time. We go to the Grand Prix, which is what we've done quite a few times. And with our good friend Graham and Dad. Yes, yes and Graham and Spa, yes, and uh, your lovely father. So yeah, it's been it's been some it's been some special some some special sporting moments I think. Exactly. I've 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 had and that we've shared. Um. Yeah, it's important to 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 find something in life that you ultimately enjoy whatever that is the guy does have a point and it was a pleasure to speak to him thank you dave and thank you to you for listening don't forget to share this with your friends and family you've been listening to the 10 out of 10 podcast on ajontheline.com with your host adam williams